Welcome to the Social Work Your Life podcast with me, Kim Beam. I am an educator, a creative writer, a social worker, a cancer survivor, and so much more. My life experiences, my gut and intuition, they have guided me throughout my journey so far. We are going to navigate this roller coaster of our lives together, finding practical ways to cope. Join me as we learn to trust our intuition and find our joy. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi. Uh, I want to talk to you today about automatic writing, and I want to pull this all together for you in a way that helps it make sense as much as possible, because it's a technique that I have worked on for the past 20-something years. Is that right? I first started learning about it in like 2005, and it's 2023. No, it had to be later than 2005 had to be more like 2007 or 2008, and it's now 2023. I'll let you do the math. So I first heard about automatic writing. It wasn't called automatic writing. I'm not even sure if the guy had a name for it. He, his name was John Paul Jackson, and he was a Christian inside the Vineyard Churches. I believe he was in the Vineyard Churches. And he was, he was definitely in the Charismatic Churches. And he was a considered, he called himself and was considered a prophet inside the church. And so he would teach people how to hear spirit and how to hear from God on how to live your life. And he did a whole course that I bought actually, and he mailed to me and it was like on CDs, I think, about how to hear spirit for yourself. And one of the practices was what I now call automatic writing. It started for me when I was a hardcore Christian, following the Holy Spirit, working within the church, being a prophet on the prophetic team, meeting with my pastors regularly to be trained on how to give people uplifting and encouraging words that they felt came from the Spirit of Spirit, Holy Spirit. I was coached on how to speak in such a way that would be uplifting and encouraging. I was coached on words that are appropriate and not appropriate to give. And I was coached on um, how to give a word in such a way that you can tell and support if the person feels supported and loved in it. And I will tell you, there were times when I gave people words inside the church that um, were not appreciated, even when they came to pass. And they weren't necessarily bad. It was like, you're going back home. You're going to move back home. And that was not appreciated, which is fine. That's fine, right? You have to, you have to walk in what you see. And sometimes I would struggle with that because Elijah and Elisha and a whole bunch of other prophets inside the church said things that really pissed some people off. And I was like, do you want me to tell you what I'm sensing from spirit? Or do you want me to tell you what like will feel good? Because there were words about that in the Bible, too. So fast forward a bunch of years. I got sick with cancer. Uh, I got over cancer. I went back to graduate school to become a social worker. And I left faith and Christ behind. And moved into something other completely. I have no idea what I call myself at this point. Maybe I'm a pagan. Maybe that's what I call myself. Maybe a spiritualist. So I am an intuitive though. I am a, an intuitive life coach and I'm also an intuitive in general 
and I'm also a meditator. So I want to bring you a little bit into my meditation history, which is also applicable for this because meditation starts the automatic writing process for me. So in the morning when I get up, I pull my butt out of bed and I go into my bathroom and I wet my hair and I wash my face and I put on my makeup and I do all the things and then I go get dressed and I make my bed and then I come down into the kitchen and I make a breakfast and I like make tea and I put my lunch together and I pack up my bag. So I need you to know that a lot of people will tell you, don't do automatic writing until it's the first thing in the morning. You gotta do it first thing in the morning while you're still half awake and half asleep. Well, I have to tell you, I'm sure I'm half awake and half asleep while I'm still making my breakfast in the morning. I mean, really honestly, I don't wake up easily. <laughs> but I will also say, my brain is not always the freshest. It's not always like still sleepy. It's like somewhere between asleep and awake. So I do it in the morning. One of the reasons I choose to do it in the morning is that if I leave it till the afternoon or the evening, there's a high likelihood it's just not gonna get done. So do I have to get up earlier? Yes. Do I get to work at the hospital late as a result of this work? I'm be honest, yes. Because I go to bed too late at night and I don't get up early in the morning and I have a very kind boss. If she asked me to be there earlier, I would get to bed earlier and I would get up earlier and it would put more pressure on me. But this is not a practice I'm willing to let go of. It just isn't. It has, automatic writing has blossomed and flourished into this connection between me and my highest self. And I am not willing to let that connection go. I value it beyond measure actually. So the process is I eventually sit my bum down on my cushion. As one of my meditation instructors likes to say, you get your tush on the cush, right? I get my tush on the cushion and I sit my bum down. Now I am a meditator. Like it's a thing that's a part of my system. I have been doing it now for about a decade. It is, it is something that is deeply ingrained in me. It is something I cannot live without. If I could, I would do an hour of meditation a day. If I could afford that, I would just sit and meditate for an hour every day. <laughs> in the pandemic, I did do that. I would do an hour in the day in the morning and then on the weekdays. And then on the weekends, I would do two hours because nobody was doing anything. There was nothing happening and I wasn't going anywhere. So I had all of this yummy time. And I have to tell you, in some ways, the pandemic was amazing for me. I did amazing inner spiritual growth during the pandemic. So I would do an hour a day if I could. I can't. So I have cut it down to a half an hour in the morning. I sit for a half an hour. And when I sit, I try to get myself into what Esther and Jerry Hicks and Abraham call the vortex. Uh, Chris Duncan calls it the field. There are a bunch of names for this event, this thing, whatever you want to call it. It's yummy. It's the space that you bump into after yoga when you're in corpse pose and you get yourself into the here, not here space. Um, sometimes it's called samadhi. It's the same space that you hit right before you fall asleep. That moment where you don't know, like you're not here, but you're here, right? When somebody wakes you up and you're like in the room, but you're not in the room. It's that space. 
Now, a lot of meditators will say, find your breath. And I personally don't do that anymore. I mean, I have spent hours and days, literally days meditating. Um, I've gone on multiple silent retreats, one of them being a month long. Like, I have spent time just sitting and being with me and I don't pay attention to my breath anymore. I listen to my body, I notice when it's telling me things, but for the most part, I sort of, what Heather Alice Shea says about intuitives, where they're half in and half out of their body, like they're, they like to be in the in-between space. I spend a lot of time in that in-between space. And like I said, I am an intuitive, right? I'm an intuitive, I'm an intuitive life coach, I'm an intuitive, and I'm a meditator. So I get myself into meditation, I get myself into my sit, Oh, and I'm going to make a pause here and put a plug in. I have a course on my website, socialworkyourlife.com called Manifestation Through Meditation. And it's currently free. If you're in 2022, it's probably still free. It's going to be free for like the first 250 people. And there's a meditation inside that, um, there's a meditation inside that course that teaches you how to get into the vortex. Just hop into the vortex. Um, if you're looking for some guidance on how to do that. I get myself into the vortex, onto the field, whatever you want to call it, into the field. And then I sit there for 30 minutes and I try to stay there as much as possible. But this morning, my mind was like monkey mind. It was like, bang, 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 bang. Wasn't paying attention, was mm, impossible. And I had to like mm, train it up a little bit to get it into the vortex. And some days it goes better than others. <laughs> Today was not a great day for that. So then after I'm done in meditation, I pull out a pad of paper and I do this old school. I am old school in doing this. Like how I do this is I embrace my old schoolness. I have, I have a comfortable pen, which I actually don't have one here on the table right now. I have like, there are pens. These are not comfortable. I do not love these pens. Um, but I prefer my pen of preference is a G2 Pilot Black. That's my preference. I don't mind, I would love the teal all the time, but then you have to get colors you don't like. And I don't like like a bunch of those colors that come with the teal one. If I could have a whole pack of teal G2 Pilot pens, I would be a happy, happy girl. Um, but I prefer the 1.0, the big, fat, firm, like wide, lots of ink, kind of smooth. I don't like the 0.7s and I don't like the 0.5s. And this is really important. You guys are probably like, she's a freak. Well, if it's uncomfortable to write with, you're not going to love the practice. And I have tried using these pens in the practice and it wasn't my favorite. There were things about these pens that just weren't my favorite and it made it not as fun an experience. It's like when you sleep in a bed that's okay, it's not great. You're like, yeah, I got sleep, but it wasn't my favorite experience, right? We, we want you to be comfortable. And one of the things that uh, David G says about meditating is feather your nest, feather your nest. So I want you to like, think about ways to feather your nest when it comes to automatic writing. Um, there's a book by Michael Sandler called AWE, Awe, and it's the automatic writing experience. And it's him talking about how he coaches people through automatic writing. It's an interesting read. Uh, he gives some really good prompts in there and he gives some really good ways to like 
help you advance your thinking about automatic writing. Um, but he says, and he says you can use a computer to do your automatic writing, especially if you have dyslexia or there's a, a, a problem, literally a problem with writing with your hand due to a physical hindrance. One of the things he suggests, and I actually really appreciate this suggestion, is he suggests when you are on your computer, you change your monitor screen to cut down on the blue and make it less harsh on the eyes. So you pull your brightness down. And um, part of the reason for that, it's the same thing with your, your phone. Your phone activates certain parts of your brain that really need to stay quiet when you're doing automatic writing and your your compu bright computer screen will do the same thing. And your brain really needs to stay in that like samadhi here, not here space in order to do this well. So I encourage if you are doing automatic writing, yes, and you're on your computer, I don't, I don't have a problem with that personally. In fact, there's parts of that that I really like and I'll get to why I really like that even though I don't do it. I don't do it. Um, and, there, and I'll tell you why too. But like, I really like the idea of pulling down the volume of the brightness on your screen to a space where it doesn't activate certain parts of your brain and it allows the parts of your brain that get quiet when those parts are active to be loud. And you need to make that shift. I like the idea of being on a computer for automatic writing because I have in two months filled up a two inch binder with my writing. I write on one side of the paper because my paper looks like this and I just flip the pages. I just flip it over and flip it over, right? It's, I'm just holding a pad of like, like loose leaf paper. It's not, it's not hole punched. It's a pad of paper with like the cardboard backing. And so I just flip it over and I don't write on the back of the paper. Mostly because the paper is upside down. And two, it's just, it's that's not my style, just right on one side. So I have filled up a two inch binder in two months. That's an inch a month. And if I do this for years on end, that's going to be a lot of binder space. And there's a, even a part of me that's like, at the end of the year, I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna pull out the major themes and I'm gonna pull out the major lessons and I might just burn all the pages. Like I don't, don't really know if I need all that space, right? Like I'm not really sure what I'm gonna do. And it's something that requires some thinking. If I was on the computer, I wouldn't have this problem. I could just save it in a Google doc and just keep adding and adding and adding and adding. And actually that's what I did when I started. When I was doing automatic writing at the very beginning, I can't believe I just remembered that. At, at the very, very beginning when I was in automatic writing, I opened a Word document and I just, I just typed and the next day I started at the very top and I just like wrote my thing. And so everything just got pushed down as I was writing. And I could go back and reread it. In Morning Pages, it's The Artist's Way, The Artist's Way, I forget the author of The Artist's Way, but in The Artist's Way, there, there's an exercise every morning that you write three pages. So that's where I get the, the three page rule. I aim for three pages. Some mornings I get five, some mornings I get four, some mornings I eke out a three, I push myself to three. 
in morning pages, it says that around week seven or eight, six or seven, you hit frustrated and you're like, what's the point of this? And I definitely at times I'm like, what is the point of this? But the more I press through and the more I hit my intuition and the more I receive guidance, the more I am open to big ideas. Some of my biggest ideas have come, some of my biggest dreams, some of my biggest hopes have come while I've been in automatic writing and they are new and they are huge and I'm excited about them. So how to do it? Six, 16 minutes in and here we go. You sit in meditation for some period of time, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever makes you comfortable. Esther Hicks says it takes her five minutes to get into the vortex. I have to tell you when I first started trying to get into the vortex, it took me like an hour to get there. Now, it takes me seconds, but I've been doing this for a while and I really like the practice of meditating. It's grounding and so, so, so important. So important. Um, where else I am is that um, I, uh, the other, okay, the other thing I do is that so the first thing I do is I meditate. The second thing I do is after I'm done meditating, I I sometimes will turn on a light next to me because writing in the dark is not so easy. And depending on the time of year, it's still sometimes dark when I'm doing this. So what I do is I'll open up to a new sheet of paper and I will write at the top the first thing I normally write on any given on any given uh, writing assignment, like uh, automatic writing session, is I will write what do I need to know today. That's what I ask. What do I need to know today? Heather Alice Shea says that when you ask these questions, you want to ask your higher self these questions. If you are spiritual and you have a God, you may reach out to your God for your answers. I talked yesterday, uh, last week, about intuition and what intuition is. And um, I talked about my professor, Dr. Green, not caring what you eat for breakfast or lunch, right? God isn't interested in what you eat for breakfast or lunch. Like, God doesn't care. I fully believe that if you want an opinion of your highest self or your source about such things, your, your highest source and self will know what is best for your body and will give you some insight. So... I like to tap into my highest self. I like to tap into the most pure, innocent, out for my best good part of myself. The part, like, because right now I am, this is something that Heather Alice Shea said that like completely blows my mind. She says that who I am right now is my lower self's higher self. And that just like makes me amazed because I am not, as Joyce Myers used to say, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm, thank God I'm not where I used to be. <laughs> I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I am no longer the person I was when I'm 20, when I was 20 years old. So I know what my higher self looks like in the sense that I know where I was, where I'm tw I was 20. And now that I'm 46, I know where I am. And then as I get to be older, I'm going to turn into an even better version of myself. That's what I'm headed towards. I'm headed towards a better version of myself. So I'm going to tap into that highest version of me and what is the highest, best, most 
confident, most compassionate, most empathetic, most beautiful on the inside version of me thinking and wishing for this younger version, this lower version, this not quite, you know, that might be the 5.0 version and I'm just the 2.1 version right now. Like, what does that version have for me to know to help me to get to be the 5.0 version? What do I need to know today? And I tap into that. And I sit in it. Okay, here we go. I get in my sit and I and I link in and then I I wait. And then I answer. I pull out my pen and even if it seems nonsense, I start to write it. And then once I'm and I'm done, I mean it it'll say things to me like be gracious to yourself. Be compassionate to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Today might be a little rough and I need you to be slow to anger. I need you to be open to other people's perspectives. I need you to put yourself aside and realize that today you are going to be pouring out of a somewhat empty vessel. So just realize that you're going to come home and you're going to be super tired. But Give the best version of yourself today. That's the kind of stuff I will get from what I need to know today. And then I'll ask another question. What am I scared of? What's, what do I, what am I not aware of? What, oh, who do I need to forgive? Where do I need to forgive myself? Who am I? Who do you see me as? If at any point you get into, there's a couple of them, negativity, you get into list writing, you get into both of those things, negativity and list writing, they are not your higher self. That is your ego brain. That is your left brain taking over, right? If at any point you're saying things that are mean to you, that's not from automatic writing. Automatic writing is encouraging. It is uplifting. It is inspiring. It finds the best and gives you the most hope. That is what automatic writing is. And then I end my day with an awe practice, uh, an automatic writing experience practice from Michael Sandler. And that is what do I need? What is my high? What is my, my single minded purpose today? What is what is it that I need, like, what is it that I need to be focused on as my priority today? And it's not a task most of the time. Most of the time I'm given, be grace, be kind, be gentle with you. Be as gentle with you as you are with others. And you know when you're not being gentle with others and you go back and apologize, go back and apologize to yourself after you're not gentle to yourself which is not something I practice very often. And when I get three pages, and sometimes I get five, and sometimes I'll pick up the things for other people, I'll be like, tell this person this thing, and I'll write out what they need to know. And then at the end, I'll send them a voice message. It's like, hey, I just got this word in automatic writing for you. I hope this is encouraging to you. Sometimes I'll get visions of like, what is coming for me? And I'll just start writing, and I'll be like, oh, Right? Like what it's going to look like when I start public speaking or what it's going to look like when, you know, 
these things happen in my life that I am currently working on manifesting and bringing in. So I think that's, that's an overview of automatic writing at this time. I, um, I want you to know that automatic writing is available as a course on socialworkerlife.com. I, um, in the fall, I think it's, it's going to be eight weeks in October to November. So the beginning of October to the end of November, we might have to flip a little bit into December just because of, um, Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving week. But, um, It'll be one-on-one -on -one with me, not one-on-one, -on -one, it'll be group, a group with me as the leader and the teacher. And so you'll have me as your person <laughs> to, to guide you through. And we will be sharing what we're picking up. We'll talk about what our struggles are, how it's working, why it's not working, what happens, what are the blocks? How do we, how do we make this thing work for us in a way that like, feels good for each individual. Like I said, I have made my own practice. I, I start with 30 minutes in the morning in meditation. You don't necessarily have to do 30 minutes. It's not mandatory, not necessary. It's up to you, right? What does your schedule allow for? What is most convenient and reasonable for you? And we'll talk through some of the barriers and who tried using a computer and how did that go for you? And who tried using like writing in the dark and like who tried right before you went to bed and like right before you fell asleep or right when you woke up, you didn't even get out of bed. You just started automatic writing right in bed. Who tried that? These are the kinds of conversations and discussions we, we will be having inside the course. How does this work for you and how do you make it work for your schedule? So. I look forward to meeting you and enjoying and supporting you and, and watching you light up with this amazing practice where you tap into the highest and best version of you in order to hear your intuitive voice and put it down on paper in such a way that you can go back and reread it. And there are pitfalls to this. Oh, are there some pitfalls? And I have found a lot of them. So many of them. And in fact, Michael Sandler doesn't talk about the pitfalls in his book. So I want to, and that's something else that we will spend a couple of weeks on is when you get something and then it doesn't look the way that you expect it to look. And then what does that do to your brain? Because your brain, it doesn't like that. So we're going to, we're going to talk about how to handle that at length inside the course as well. Okay. I look forward, look forward to you joining me. I look forward to being able to share this practice, which has brought unbelievable transformation to my own life. Thank you for listening. I know you have a ton of options out there, and I am grateful for you being here with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or post it on social media. If you have a topic or question you would like me to go over, connect with me on socialworkyourlife.com. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll talk to you soon.